back in Superflex City, dancing in the streets. It's me, it's me, it's the SFD, and I've got another great guest, one of my just absolute favorite people, one of my one of my favorite friends that I've that I've found. Like if if I accomplish nothing else in the fantasy football community, uh, the fact that I came away with a friendship with you, Sal Stefanelli, is like that's that's all that I really need right there. So uh it's 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 a pleasure to uh to get to talk with you again to have you on this series it's been so much fun um i know that uh that you don't feel like you're gonna have a lot to to contribute to the to the music conversation but uh i think that uh that you're gonna be surprised but either way it's just good to have you here my friend thanks for coming on well, I appreciate the invite as always. It's a great time whenever I get to chat with my buddy John. But I was going to say, if uh, my friendship is one of your greatest accomplishments, we might need to beef up your resume a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that there's some work to be done there. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, quarterback extreme is just kind of uh, it's it's it, let's just say it's not uh, it's not catching anyone's eye necessarily. Um, not for the reasons that I intended, but <laughs> it's <laughs> but, more like, Hey, look at me. I just drafted eight quarterbacks in a row. Am I crazy? Yeah. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> I feel, I, I honestly feel that you are single handedly the reason why Trevor Lawrence had a first round super flex startup ADP. <laughs> yeah but i would take you, that too <laughs> you made you made people feel comfortable just saying fuck adp i'm just gonna yeah. take every single quarterback i can <laughs> possibly get my hands on and figure out the rest later the the problem though is like they they like they do it in the first round like they've got all the confidence in the world to do it with their first pick but then by their second pick, they're like, yeah, man, but Jonathan Taylor was there. Like, I can't can't keep doing this. <laughs> it's like the the inverse of zero RB. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do zero RB this draft. I'm not going to draft a single running back for like the five, first five rounds. And then they get into like round three and four. I'm like, I don't know if I have the balls to do this. I'm not <laughs> sure if I can <laughs> make it through all the way. Yeah, I know. They get all fidgety and stuff. They're like, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and then we get these new terms like modified zero RB and RB yeah. dead zone. Yeah. And what it all amounts to is, yeah, I, I just can't get on board with uh, like an actual strategy here. I, <laughs> I need my guys. I need, I need the sexy names. I can't just have a bunch of quarterbacks, John. We spend more time debating the merits of a draft strategy's name than the amount of time we actually spend philosophizing <laughs> over the strategy itself. Like, do you remember when fantasy football draft strategies were just like, I'm, I have a fantasy draft tonight. I did like this amount of prep, but now it's like, I have to figure out what this strategy is called. And if I do, if I do this in a different round, it, it now has a, a different name attached to it. <laughs> Like it was before, it's like you go to your, your favorite website. So back then it was just like Yahoo or ESPN. You print off their rankings the night before and you just cross their name off as the draft went on. Yeah. What's that strategy called though? Like I don't <laughs> think it has a name, so too lazy to prep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. called it's called the home league strategy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's called just drafting your fucking team and shutting up about it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like naming a cocktail, essentially. Like, I don't think anyone's ever done this before. I think I get to name it after myself. <laughs> so, yeah, someone's tried that. Like, uh, But the, the best part about all of it, though, is that I like to joke around with these type of things. But I honestly love every single draft strategy name. Yeah, <laughs> that create. especially like, even if even if you think modified zero RB doesn't make any sense whatsoever, I just still like just saying modified zero RB. Yeah, I know it does. Like it sounds just so technical. Like it, it just, sounds it makes me sound smarter. <laughs> like, yeah, like a, like a yeah, just like a like a mechanic just explaining like what they're gonna do, <laughs> and you're just like, I didn't even know that's a part of the car. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. You, like you could ask me like what what exactly are are you modifying from zero i'm like i don't know yeah. <laughs> it just sounds cool <laughs> yeah. i'm modifying the zero rb strategy so it's like okay, if, it, if it's zero rb and it's, you take zero rbs and how do you modify this well then you just take negative three running backs yeah. <laughs> how that works i don't know yeah. it's just it is what it is that's kind of the beauty of that one actually is that like that can, like modified zero RB can mean anything. Like yeah. it can be <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like you can modify it a million different ways and turn it. I mean, QBX technically is modified zero RB. Like it's, it's they're, they're kind of the same thing. You just modified zero RB and instead of taking, you know, and instead of taking running backs later, you just took more quarterbacks. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's right. I, I don't know if I'll actually finish the article, but I started writing one for four for four and I called it modified zero QB and super flex, <laughs> which is also a, a synonym for QBX. Like <laughs> it can be. <laughs> yeah. It can mean anything. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about this, but I like it. I like it. Uh, we're here to talk music and uh, uh, a little less on fantasy football, but um, yeah, I mean, we just couldn't help it, especially talking <laughs> quarterbacks like Mr. Two QBs. Like I, 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 you know, I started off, you know, listening to you and to Greg sauce and, and, you know, that's kind of how I cut my teeth in this, in this community. So uh, anytime we get a chance to talk about quarterbacks, uh, it's uh, it I, like it just has to be done. But I am curious, you know, onto the music part. Um, you're in the Bon Jovi division, and I'm curious. Well, first of all, I mean, is that is it um, is that a like a a musical preference or is that just more geography? Is that how that <laughs> it's, it's, it's neither, honestly. Really? I'm, I'm not the biggest music guy. Like, I have the bands that I like, just like how everybody does, but none of the bands I am into made the cut for Scott Fishbowl theme names. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, and then I don't really care what division <laughs> I'm going to be in. I Honestly, I never care what division I'm going to be in, except for that one year where it was actors and Patrick Swayze was an option. I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. that's going to be my division no matter what, Scott. But on that, I just like, just put me where you want to put me. Give me whatever draft slot you want to give me. And just I'll 
just do whatever Scott tells me to do. But then I saw on Twitter one day, he's like, you know, please give me a division, like pick two divisions, pick like a draft slot. Cause it just helps me out in terms of like running the Scott fishbowl. I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm looking at all the division names and I picked Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. Cause those are my fiance's two favorite bands. Oh, okay. And I put Bon Jovi at the top because like, she absolutely adores Bon Jovi. Like that's her number one musical act of all time. So that's how like I came to be a member of the Bon Jovi division. Nice. How close is she to uh, to completely selling you on Bon Jovi? Oh, she tries every single day of yeah. her life. <laughs> like the funny thing is, like I'm not into that like '80s hair band type of music, but I actually like the one country music album he did. Oh, I didn't even know about this. Yeah. Like, is don't, it, don't ask me what it's called. Don't ask me what any of the songs are. But <laughs> whenever I, she puts Bon Jovi on and I hear, like, there's just, like, this one song that comes on on her playlist. Like, I just always groove to it. Because deep down, I kind of like like country music a little bit. Yeah, especially, yeah, that like, kind of that era. It Man, it's hard to picture. Like, there's, you'd be hard-pressed to find a you know an artist who wow. is less country music than bon jovi so, right like yeah so I'm, like, I'm looking it up the album is called lost highway lost highway okay. i don't know i think it's you want to make a memory maybe no whole lot whole lot of leaving yeah that's the song I'm not sure if you can hear my dog barking in the background or not. <laughs> <laughs> totally, but yeah, I I like it. Like, there's there there is kind of a, uh, well, there's there's like a kind of an opinionated type of tone uh, to the bark, <laughs> which is what I love about this series because, like, I keep saying that like everybody can just have their opinions when it comes to music. You just get your your opinions unopposed which is not something we're used to in fantasy football analysis so like i i just like getting as many voices out there as possible yeah so um one there's actually a very fun fact i learned about bon jovi because of my fiance is i just assume like there's the musician john bon jovi there's the band bon jovi and i just assumed every member in the band was part of bon jovi but apparently Bon Jovi is the only actual member of Bon Jovi, the band. Everyone else is kind of like a contract, like a freelancer that he can hire and fire as he pleases. <laughs> Man, that's kind of cutthroat. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just like for royalty purposes or something. <laughs> so he can get like 90% cut of the music compared to everybody else. Yeah. So does he just have like a different band in each city? Just like wherever he goes, he just has like kind of a house band. I, I got I have no idea. I feel like if he wanted to, he probably could. Yeah, for sure. I but mean, yeah, it seems like there's absolutely no loyalty there whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, when you name the band after yourself, like you're kind of telling everybody, like, <laughs> you're you know, you're 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 here as long as I allow you to be here. <laughs> like, yeah. But like at the same time, uh, I I'm not sure if this is how it works with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street band. But I feel like the E Street Band is like a full-on band of Bruce Springsteen. Like, yeah. Compare, like, imagine it was like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, but the E Street Band was just like a bunch of nobodies backing him up all the time. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome. Instead, I mean, they're all super famous. Like the, uh, the uh, Max Weinberg on, uh, um, was it Conan? I think he was on that. And then, uh, uh, what's his they name? Had, you had Clarence and you got Paul, uh, you got the guy from the Soprano, Steven. Yeah. Vincent. Yeah. Vincent. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. So yeah. Like the, the band is like super famous, but like they nicknamed him the boss. I, I mean, I assume that it was them. I don't think that's self-glossed. I don't think that Bruce is a type to do that. Um, they're just walking into a meeting one day. It's like, hey, Bruce, no, call me the boss. <laughs> you, call me the, you have to call me the boss. <laughs> but I'm on Conan and I'm on Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, that's why you have to call me the boss, just so you remember. <laughs> but like, that's that's so much more of a power move to like, if the band names you the boss, that's so much, that's just so much stronger than Bon Jovi just like naming the band after himself. And like for the longest time, I thought it was just like him and his brothers or something. Like they're all named actually. Oh. <laughs> like Van Halen had multiple of them, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What are the bands or artists that uh, you would have? you would have actually, you know, jumped at the chance to be in the division had they made the cut. So um, you can see this because we're on video, but the people listening can't see it. But straight ahead, do you see that poster behind me? Yeah. That's a poster of the Hold Steady. That is my all-time favorite band. Hold Steady? Is it? Yeah, the Hold, the Hold Steady. And they're actually, well, they're more of like a New York band now, but two of the members, they originated the band in Minneapolis. So I feel like, they should have had a shot because of the Minneapolis connection with Scott Fish. Yeah. <laughs> what uh is there are there any songs that uh we might know from them? I feel like if you're a hold steady fan, you're like a hardcore hold steady fan who's yeah. been a fan of them from day one. But you can go like go on on like YouTube and search probably uh, like Boys and Girls in America, Stay Positive, those kinds of songs. They're they're pretty catchy. I got into them as funny when I was um, I can't remember it was like the last year of high school, like my first year of college. I was really into like indie rock music, yeah. And I used to, and this is a funny way of finding out about the whole study. But I used to read. So you remember the magazine Maxim? Yeah. But they had an offshoot music magazine. I'm not sure if you remember. It was called Blender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot so about it. Yeah. I would buy that magazine every month. And in the bottom pages, they would have like um, celebrities talking about bands they like. And I was really into Zach Braff because I just watched Garden State. So I was like this emo indie rock indie movie guy. And a huge fan of Zach Braff and a huge fan of Garden State, especially the soundtrack. And he's like, yeah, I'm listening to this band called The Hold Steady. So I'm like, well, Zach Braff recommends them. I'm going to go check them out. <laughs> and so I go to their website. I think they had like, they just released their first album. And I started listening to them. And it was unlike anything else I'd heard. Because the, the lead singer wasn't really singing. It was almost kind of like he was speaking over the music. He just did not have a singer's voice. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to them and getting really into them. And I would always recommend them to my friends. Because my friends, I had a couple of friends, like they're musicians, really into music. They used to host... Um, uh, show on their on the college radio station 
It's like, hey, you guys should listen to this band. They're really good. And like, they would listen to it. Like, I just can't get into that guy just like talking. <laughs> He's like, just like yelling over all the instruments. But then, like, little by little, they, the whole study just kept chugging out albums, getting more recognition, getting a little more famous. And the lead singer started, I'm not sure if he took vocal lessons or not, but he actually <laughs> became like a, like a singer. Like he actually started singing on this, on the, on the, the tracks. And all my friends were like, you know what, Sal, this band is actually really good. We should have listened to you from the start. I like to think that he was really pissed off about that too. He's like, you know, I was just enjoying doing my slam poetry and you guys, like you guys just kept buying albums. And so I had to like, get good at this like practice and stuff this is bullshit like yeah. i'm out here actually singing now and <laughs> motherfuckers they're, and i said they're also one of the big reasons why i try to stay as positive and as upbeat as i can because that was like one of their the main messages from some of their albums like they actually had an album that was called stay positive i have their their you, like you can see it but the people listening can't but this is like their logo. My, it's on a weird spot in my arm. I'm trying to figure out the camera. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's like the infinity symbol with the positive symbol. So it just basically means like stay positive forever. Yeah. So they came into like a very pivotal moment in my life. What uh what was the moment? If you don't mind me asking. Um, it was just I was just like kind of down at the time, I guess you would say. Like it wasn't like I was super depressed or anything like that, but I just wasn't feeling like 100% confident in the way things were going in my life. And so I just listened to this music and I just started taking their message to heart and just trying to like live a little more positively, be a little more happier in my life, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like anything major, like life changing, but at that moment I just like kind of clung on to the message that they're sending out. Does it still have that kind of that same power for you where you can just kind of go back to it almost like a mantra when, when you, uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Anything? Like, I mean, I got a tattoo of the logo. On my arm. <laughs> I, see, I see it every day of my life. <laughs> but like now that you have the tattoo, do you still, uh, do you still listen to the music or do you just look at the tattoo? That would be. It depends on my mood because there are some days where I just feel like I want to be in a whole steady mood. So I put a playlist of all my favorite songs together and I listen out and I can just jam out because some of their music is just so catchy and upbeat. It just puts you in a great mood. Man. Okay. I need to check this out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have... do, you, do you have Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. Just go listen to it. Just put in the whole steady. Go listen to, if you want to listen to full albums, listen to Boys and Girls in America and stay positive. I just listened to those two albums back to back. This might be my favorite thing that's been coming out of this series. I've been getting some awesome music recommendations. Uh, Cooter Doodle said to check out the Re Revivalists, and uh, man, that was a that was I was not expecting. Like it's it's so mel melodic and. Uh, very powerful lyrics. Uh, yeah, I really like that band all of a sudden. So now Hold Steady is my next one. Are there other bands that kind of represent like a mood for you or just kind of, you know, like a, a like a little bit of a craving on, you know, particular days? You're just kind of like, man, I need to hear this band. I need to hear this song. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause I'm the type of person that when I hear a song that I like love, I want to listen to it over and over again. And I just, I don't get sick of it. 
I might not want to listen it to it like 20 times in a row after I've listened it to it 19 times in a row, but I will get back to that 20th time eventually. So for me, it's like bands, like some days, like I said, I'll have a whole steady day. I love the national. I'll have like a national day. Nice. I love one of my favorite genres of music is Motown. I like one of my absolute all time favorite bands is the temptations. I could listen to any temptation song at any time, any day. <laughs> it just it puts me in a great mood. What does that do for you? Like I could see that one just kind of like giving you like a, like a huge, like confidence, like a kind of a swagger a little bit <laughs> going yeah, out into the world. Just kind of like, they it, just make me feel good, honestly. Cause you yeah. can, you can hear that infectious joy through yeah. like the lyrics and through the music. But if you ever watch the temptations mini series, they did on VH one, like, in the mid 90s there was a lot of heartbreak <laughs> behind the scenes of that band like it was really sad but it showed in some of the music but for the like 98 percent of the temptations music was pretty joyful yeah it was just a tough time to get started as a you know a, an artist of color back then um i haven't seen that though i need to check that out too uh Man, too many recommendations. I think it was like an eight-hour miniseries. Honestly. Oh, so, geez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Check in with me next year. Maybe I'll it was like it was like four <laughs> movie of the weeks in one. Like remember, like back in the day when like Stephen King's um, The Shining was made into like a eight-hour miniseries. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things that they just put on VH VH1. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'll I'll pace myself. What was the first, uh, you know, musician, um, band, artist, whatever, uh, that you that originally kind of, you know, got you into into music, got you, um, you know, exploring different genres and stuff. But what was where did it all start? What was the first one that just kind of really caught your attention and and captured your imagination? I feel like this might be a cliched answer based on our age range. So the people you interview, they might have a similar answer, but for me, it was Nirvana. Lots of Nirvana for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I mean, we kind of talked about this. I, I talked about this, I think with two drink, if I remember right, but like, it's, it's just so like, it's, it's just so hard to, hard to fathom why it works this way, but there always is kind of that, that one, you know, that, that group or that sound or whatever that just kind of embodies, you know, your generation and, you know, just kind of where everyone's at. Like it, it's just the way it, it speaks to an entire generation, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and, and Nirvana certainly was, was that for a lot of us. I mean, kind of a lot of, you know, a, a, a lot of the melancholy for us and, and, you know, um, the honestly just kind of the, just being worn down <laughs> by trying <laughs> to gain acceptance, you know, and finally hearing music that just kind of says, you know what, it's all right to be weird. It's all <laughs> right to not be, you know, not be quote unquote normal, I guess, or cool even, you know. It was, so yeah it, it that one makes sense was what's the first uh is that the first album that you bought cd or cassette 
I, it was a mix. So it was, I can't remember how old I was at the time. It was my birthday. My dad, for one of my gifts one year, he got me my very first CDs. It was Nirvana, Nevermind, and it was Green Day Dookie. I was really into both nice. of those bands. I didn't have any CDs. I had a disc man. I'm like, I, I need some music to listen to. These are the bands I like. He went to the local record shop, got them both for my birthday for my birthday and i'll never forget <laughs> like just the uh, expression i had in my face when i opened up the package like these are like two of my favorite bands and these are the cds i wanted to get it was really cool <laughs> i've heard a lot of stories about people's parents just kind of you know like really kind of putting the screws to like what they're what they're allowed to listen to I, like i tell a story about how my mom wouldn't let me listen to any rap any hip-hop <laughs> and i like she thought it was all about you know, sex, drugs, and, um, you know, fuck the police. But like, it's like, that's actually, uh, you're talking more about rock and roll, but you're okay with me talking about rock, um, or listening to rock. But like, I, I just have heard a lot of stories of people, you know, their parents just kind of, uh, kind of filter their music for them at a young age. But it sounds like your dad was kind of the exact opposite. It sounds like he was just kind of like, man, whatever yeah, I, you want to listen to, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I never had that issue with my parents. Maybe it's because they're they come from Italy where things are like a lot looser yeah. <laughs> with the way they parent over there. It's kind of like just do what you want to do, listen to what you want to listen to, watch what you want to watch. Like there was no restrictions in my house. Like there was an R-rated movie on TV. They wouldn't be like, oh no, you can't watch that. If they like heard swears in a, an album, like, oh no, you can't listen to that. I think part of it too might be is like, they just didn't know any better. It's like, <laughs> if like you, your parent would go into a store and they see a CD with that. Remember when they had the big E on the album? It's like E for explicit. Like, yeah. Honestly, my, my parents wouldn't even know what that word meant because English <laughs> was their second language. So maybe I got to slide by on that uh, a tad, but no, really for the most part, they just kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. Nice. What did they listen to? <laughs> like just old, like Italian <laughs> records. Okay. What's that like? I guess I'm not even think of like an Italian Brian Adams. Oh, okay. Like could you were you able to understand it? Oh yeah, I, I grew up speaking Italian. Like we're oh, nice. we're a two language household. Oh, right on. Nice. Um did uh did you like that that music? Uh no, it wasn't really for me, but I remember one time um I can't remember like I was maybe early teens went to italy there was like this music festival and there was this one italian rapper his name was giovanotti i think he's actually kind of like worldwide famous he just wasn't italian famous and listening to his music it was like okay this guy's actually like really good is um i want to say trying to compare him to like an american musician almost like imagine a rap version of jack johnson if that makes sense oh wow like, think of it if Jack Johnson rapped. Yeah. Like, you take that style of music, but you speed it up a bit with a little bit of, like, rapping over the beats. That kind of, like, surfer rock. Or, I don't know if you <laughs> would surfer even call rap. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't that exist? Yeah. It probably does. We just don't know where to find it. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> Uh, how about some, let's, let's talk for a second about live music. Um, uh, right. is that, is like, do you, have you been kind of a, an avid concert goer throughout your life? 
No. Um, I grew up in a place called Thunder Bay, Ontario, where big bands didn't really travel to play shows. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to see a whole lot of shows growing up. But then when I moved to Vancouver, I moved to Vancouver at a time when I was really into music. Like I would get my hands on every single album. I spent like indie rock album I could find. Whenever I'd read a review about a band, I'd have to go download their, their album. Like I'd be on Gorilla vs. Bear, Blockspot every single day. Just like, who's the, the new band that I need to listen to? And so I moved to Vancouver, which is like one of the cultural hubs in Canada. And like, every band you could imagine when they were on tour in Canada would play in Vancouver. And when I went to um, one of my classmates that I met, we actually became really good friends because we were talking at like one of like the very first get together, get to know your new classmate. And we're talking and he's like, Oh, what kind of music are you into? And like, Oh, I like the whole steady. And then like, he stopped in his tracks and looked at me like, no one I know likes to hold steady, but I love to hold steady too. And so like we just became like best friends and he was a super music nerd and we just tried to go to as many shows as we could during that time frame. What's the the first live show that you saw? I think it was Andrew WK. I honestly can't remember. Oh man, wait, how old were you for that one? I think I was like, like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, okay. it was around the time when his like "I Get Wet" album was popular. Yeah. So like I just I I I honestly I love Andrew WK so much. I actually, I one of the first um, it wasn't a musical experience, but I went to him doing like a like a motivational speaking <laughs> engagement, <laughs> and you know how Andrew WK is like that man is just like a ball so of excitement, intense. right? <laughs> and at one point, like he was like banging on his knees, running around the auditorium, trying to get everybody like pumped up. It was insane. If Andrew WK can't motivate you, like there's just no hope. Yeah, like <laughs> that guy is just like <laughs> snorting an entire an entire mountain of coke all at once just like that that's why i was uh, when when you said that was your first one i'm picturing like 12 year old self oh, something like that yeah. just like dude <laughs> <laughs> and you live to tell about it the um, wk is amazing <laughs> so, so i mean it's entirely possible that the it's the same answer uh, first, first live show, best live show. But just in case, I'm gonna ask anyways. What's what's the the best show that you've ever right. been to? Can I cheat and give you a tie? Sure. All right. So it's a tie. I got to see the Hold Steady play in Minneapolis twice, but one of them was I got to see them at First Avenue. I'm not sure if you know that venue. Uh-uh. Uh, is the the music venue that Prince actually owned? Oh, cool! Got, like all this musical history to it. It's like like this very like tiny dive bar ish kind of. And uh, I drove down to Minneapolis to see them with some of my friends who liked the whole study time, and just like the history of being in First Avenue because like on the wall they have like these you know like like it's like a um, a spinoff of like the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. So it was like these stars on the walls with all the bands their names on there and the stars on the walls. And they're just like, oh, Prince owns this place. So like, you know, it's just being in the greatness of Prince somehow. <laughs> and it's my favorite band. And it's like, I always, I always prefer the smaller venues compared to like those big um, stadium shows. Yeah. So that'd be one. And the second one is I went to a festival in Toronto where I got to see Pavement. 
And like, I just absolutely love pavements. Really? <laughs> and this was at a time when like, they were kind of, they weren't like retire, retire, but you know, like pavement, like they retire, then they unretire is like in their period of like semi-retirement. And they were playing this stadium, uh, not stadium, I mean this festival in Toronto. And we're like, this might be the only chance we ever get to see pavement live. So we made the six hour drive to go see them. This is another one. Like it, I'm a little ashamed to say it. Cause like I've heard the name pavement like this yeah. is it's not like the hold steady where, you know, you have to be in a certain <laughs> geographical region to <laughs> have the frame of reference. I'm not super familiar with pavement. Like, can you ex- uh, can you describe the the music? See, for me, I like I'm bad at describing all this because <laughs> I'm not a musician. <laughs> I'm not instrumental at all. Like I would just always lump everything into indie rock. So I feel like if you say like the term indie rock, people kind of just get it. Yeah. But they're almost like the pioneer. Well, not pioneers, but they're like one of the earlier bands because I think they started on like the late 80s. Oh, okay. So like just like go on Spotify and find I'm sure there has to be like a best of pavement playlist somewhere. Yeah. Okay. That's that's where I've heard of them. I like I was pretty into indie rock. Um it, and it was weird. I, I was, it was kind of punk rock and indie rock, which like the two seem diametrically opposed, <laughs> but uh yeah, both of them, you know, they they're they both have kind of a different place, you know, different different a different time and a different place. So um man, I uh I I feel like we you know, for your, for your fiance here, I think that we need to, uh, end the, uh, the music portion with, um, a little bit of Bon Jovi, get back (laughs) to that. (laughs) And I'm curious, you know, for kind of two different questions here. First, uh, from her perspective, what's the best, What's the, the, you know, somebody for whatever reason has never heard Bon Jovi, you know, an alien or something (laughs) (laughs) has never heard Bon Jovi. What's the song that she would play for them to introduce them to, to Bon Jovi? And what's the song that you would play as a burgeoning Bon Jovi fan, (laughs) uh, even if not necessarily, um, you know, of your own volition? (laughs) I think for me, like I said, just that one country song. I'm like 89% sure it's called A Whole Lot of Leaving. Because, like, I remember, like, when the song would play and he goes, he's like, there's one lyric that's like, Whole Lot of Leaving going on. And he says that over and over. So I feel that has to be the title of the song. So, Whole Lot of Leaving by Bon Jovi. That would be my pick. <laughs> For her, it's probably Living on a Prayer. Like, that's like the Bon Jovi staple. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I still like the country. Like I, I just like the the mental image of Bon Jovi as a country singer. Well, when you're when this interview is over, just go to YouTube and type in Bon Jovi, a whole lot of leaving. Yeah, I, I, I promise you, you will like the song. A whole lot of leaving. Okay. Um, and then let, let, in, just in the same vein, uh, but. Um, not just Bon Jovi, just just across the board. I'm guessing it's going to be a hold steady song. It sounds like, but um, again, that same alien comes down to earth. Never heard any music before, so you get to be the one to introduce them to the concept of music. What song are you starting with? 
It would be the hold steady, your little hood rat friend. Little hood rat friend. Because that was a, that was the first hold steady song that I listened to that got me into them. Nice. But if they really want to get down, they should just listen to "She Is Beautiful" by Andrew WK. <laughs> just <laughs> listening to some guy screaming over and over that someone is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like if there's any concern that these aliens coming down to earth are at all hostile like we need to we need to put forward this you know like an aggressive front andrew wk can do that it's like they just see this dude screaming it's like that man looks crazy but what he is saying is a pretty nice message yeah yeah He's just so aggressive about it. Like, <laughs> it's really like he's got his long hair and it's just flowing and whatever. And like just the way he holds onto the mic, it looks like his arm, like his hands, they're just going to go numb because he's holding it onto it so tight. It's like white knuckle in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so intense. I love Andrew W. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he would play the, uh, uh, the warp tour. And, you know, middle of freaking July in, like, I mean, like here in Denver at, at high, high altitude, 100 degrees, and it's that dry heat. And he still, like, he still got the same intensity. It's like, I know. Where? <laughs> I don't know where he gets that energy from. Like, I'm sure we know where it comes from, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I man, I I I can't even move enough to go, you know, like two stages over from here. Like I've got to go like just to the very next stage or else I'm going to pass out from heat exhaustion and you're freaking just jumping around. Yeah. Love Andrew WK though. Um what uh what pick do you have in Scott Fishbowl? I got the 112. 112. How uh so for those who don't know, um you know, the Scott Fishbowl started two days ago as of this recording on Monday morning. So, um, you know, instead of asking about strategy, I'm curious how the draft started for you and how you're feeling about it. Oh, I absolutely love my draft start. Really? <laughs> I'd be one of the few rare people out there that is 100% in love with the way their draft started because it, it went exactly according to the plan which is the plan that no one should have going into any draft is like, don't have a plan. So like, I don't, I don't have a plan. I had a wish. And the reason why I picked the 112 is because it's the third round reversal. Yeah. So you get three of the top 25 picks. And all I wanted were two quarterback. I mean, two tight ends and a quarterback. And that's exactly what happened. I got uh, Kittle Waller and Jalen Hurts. I'm happy. I don't need to make another pick for the rest of the draft, no matter what. <laughs> Could take it down with just those three. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I just felt like I was in a dream because I've been in. I, I want to say this is like my fourth Scott Fishbowl. I don't know the exact number, but I've been in a few. And with the Superflex format, like I've been in some rooms where the quarterbacks just flew off the draft board. Like, you know, the great thing about the Scott Fishbowl is every single draft is unique. So no matter what you might see in one draft room, you're not going to see it in your draft room. But I've always been in those drafts where quarterbacks just go early and often. But somehow I lucked out this year. And then by the time my second round pick, so the 212, only seven quarterbacks had been drafted. Can you yeah. believe that? 
I know. <laughs> I was in utter shock when I saw that. Like my draft, like turned back the clock to two thousand and four, and is just is drafting every single running back you can think of, which is absolutely fine with me because I hate running backs. And I don't <laughs> want to draft any of them. So just let me get all the tight ends and all the quarterbacks, and I'll just be happy with that. Hell yeah. Was Jalen Hurts your uh, your? Is that somebody that you were like actively targeting, or did you just feel like he was kind of? Yeah, like, he's at he's at the top of my like my rankings when I put them together, and he was the one quarterback left out of the group who I was hoping to get. Russell Wilson went like a couple of picks before me. I would have been ecstatic if he had yeah. fallen to me there, but I have no issue whatsoever with Jalen Hurts. Like I know. Scott Fishbowl, oh, you get negative points for incompletions. It's minus four for turnovers. Everyone is like unsure of how Jalen Hurts is going to perform this year. But I'm like, yeah, but the dude ran for like almost 300 rushing yards in three games. <laughs> like, give me yeah. that production. I could live <laughs> with the negativity and the volatility. Yeah, that man, that's kind of an underrated point, honestly. Like, we know that, you know, with the in, in some of the scoring, because I think it's six point passing touchdowns, yeah. you know, stuff like that, which, you know, we always just kind of, you know, mindlessly say, yeah, I mean, that hurts the rushing quarterbacks. Well, I mean, when they're getting hurt for throwing in complete passes, you almost want the guys who just don't even try and throw it when there's right? nothing there who just take off and run. It's like, but Sal, Jalen Hurts is going to score you negative 0.5 because he threw it in completion. But yeah, he's not going to throw that ball away. He's going to tuck and run and get me five yards. <laughs> Such a good point. Yeah. Like the, the, the guys who had those really bad weeks last year when, you know, when, when Scott first, implemented these you know these penalties for poor passing numbers i mean it's like pocket guys like sam darnold and and <laughs> philip rivers like it's not and i mean drew Brees, i think had one of those so it's it's yeah it wasn't lamar jackson who i think is a terrible passer but like i mean he's such a good rusher that he he just kind of he he covers that up for you so it's funny i was listening uh i'm not sure if you follow him on twitter with josh larkey yeah and he has this podcast called the code breaker and i was just listening to this one from like the middle of may that i was just getting around to on lamar jackson and he was hyping up this thing that he was calling the anti-konami code he's like later on i'm going to talk to you about the anti-konami code i'm like well, what the hell is the anti-konami code but then <laughs> it's exactly what we were talking about it he was like the konami code your quarterback rushes but the anti-konami means like if your quarterback is rushing that means fewer potential fantasy points for the running back fewer potential fantasy points for the receiver fewer receiving yards fewer targets fewer receptions i'm like okay yeah that makes sense but then Again, it just just means more for the Konami code aspect of it. So, <laughs> right. Like I'm not out here drafting uh, J.K. Dobbins. I'm not out here drafting Marquise Brown. Maybe I'll get Mark Andrews if the value falls uh, a perfect percent for me. But I'm all about Lamar Jackson, the Konami code. But he just he made a great point with the anti Konami code, which is kind of like what you were talking about there. Yeah, I wonder what's the modified Konami code. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing the ball to yourself as a quarterback. The Mr. Perfect route. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is capable of it. <laughs> Whatever it is, Jalen Hurts can do it. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like he probably could throw a ball 80 yards and be fast enough to go catch it. Yeah, <laughs> probably. He has a really strong arm, though. Mm -hmm. So, uh, man. 
uh, yeah, I, I, I love Jalen hurts. I love the talent. Um, I kind of, I, I hate that I missed on him, uh, this, uh, in this draft, he went like two spots before I got my first quarterback. Is this, um, I finally remember being on the SMB Pothon last year and we're all hyping up Jalen Hurts as like a last round quarterback potential because, well, maybe Carson Wentz isn't going to be that good. And the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second and he can run. He has all this athleticism. And yeah. now we're out here like drafting him in like the first three rounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, the way he ended that season, though, he can definitely understand it. Um, you have a uh, my all-time favorite uh, job title at four for four. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. It's something like chief engineer of laughter and cheer, something like that. Oh, so that sounds. <laughs> I need to take notes and change that to my <laughs> job title. My, my official job title is head of fun stuff. There it and is. The only reason that is my job title is because they were like Sal. You can give yourself whatever title you want. Hell yeah. <laughs> at first, at first, I wanted it to be director of fun stuff because over at 4 for 4, all the big wigs have director of something like director of digital marketing, director of <laughs> DFS. Um, John Paulson's is like director of like being the best accurate fancy ranker in the industry. I think it's like, no, it's like director of forecasting is the official title. <laughs> so, like, okay, let me just be a company man. And I'll like, hey, let me be director of. Fun stuff. And they're like, well, Sal, no, only full time employees at four for four get the title of director. Um <laughs> like, okay, fine. <laughs> and what are really cool? I'm not working full time, so <laughs> yeah. I remember once reading this, there's this series on Life Hacker. It's always like, um, this is my name and this is what I do. And some person who was being interviewed, their job title was head of people. And I just like always loved how that sounded. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like customer success or uh, employee success. Like, yeah. Instead of HR, I think it's like head of, head of human employee success or something (laughs) like that. But yeah, like it's such a, such a much like. Yeah. I honestly (laughs) don't care what my job title is. (laughs) So head of fun stuff. What, uh, what does that entail? What, uh, what are, what are you working on right now? Where can they find your work? And, uh, yeah. What, what, uh, what kind of stuff just like inherently comes with a job title like that? Uh, you would think it would be a lot of fun stuff, but it's a lot of boring. <laughs> You're still working, hard working behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I honestly, I do a lot at four for four. I uh, edit, I do some writing, not as much as I used to. Uh, publishing, helping keep the website maintained, content planning, um, talent recruiting. I run the Twitter account. I have, I help create video shows. I have my own show, uh, the four minute drill. Um, yeah, there's honestly, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff I do at four, four, which for, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably would have absolutely no idea what I do at four, 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 because my Twitter account is an absolute joke. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you, you would look well, I at disagree it, with that, but and you're like, how does this person work at a fantasy football website? <laughs> it, I mean, I feel first of all, I feel like it's at an all time high as far as fantasy football content lately. Um, you can confirm or deny that, but it feels like there's a lot more than there has been. Um, but I mean, you still make time for. Uh, I mean, definitely Roadhouse, um, <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. There's, there's, there's a lot going on there. It's not just fantasy football. Um, to me, it's all, it's all entertaining. It's all, uh, mostly pretty useful. <laughs> um, even though that I know that's not what you're going for. Um, and, uh, you do take some time to, uh, uh, inadvertently rip on people's court favorite quarterbacks by calling them a, the best backup on the team. So like, yeah, that's like, that's the type of content that I feel like you can expect when you're following at Sal pal too. But I love backup quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what they don't get. Like it was meant <laughs> as a compliment. <laughs> but, um, and then also we've mentioned this here and there on the Twitter timelines, but, Two QBs made a comeback this year, and our Superflex nice. draft strategy guide will be released at the end of the month. Oh, awesome! Nice. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we on the Superflex Super Show we gave that away to one of our listeners a couple uh, a couple years ago. The last time you guys put it out, I guess I, I remember being on that one of the few podcasts that invited me on their shows. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm always surprised that that doesn't happen more. But well, I think it's because people just look at me as a joke, and that I don't <laughs> want to go on and talk about fantasy football seriously. So, like, there's no point in having me on their show. I hope I that's hope not I... the case. People oh, it's 100 are... <laughs> percent the case. Come on, John. You know it is. <laughs> I mean, here I am. Like, I invited you on here we to talk not talk about music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, people know as soon man. as I go on their show, I'm going to derail it and try to avoid talking about fantasy football because that's what I do. <laughs> I'm just feeding into a bullshit narrative here. I don't, uh, I'm not okay with this. All right. Next time we're talking fantasy football. <laughs> next time, like, next time we're talking nothing but fantasy football. And anytime you try and talk about, like, you bring up Patrick Swayze and I'm muting you. Like, we're just, we're doing nothing but fantasy football next time. But either way, like, I mean, this this was fun. Uh, this is not all you have to offer, but I'm glad that, uh, that I was able to get you on here. Um, thank you for taking the time. It was, uh, it's a lot of fun talking just anything with you. But yeah, like I said, next time is fantasy football. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you send me an invitation, I will say yes. Nice. I'm going to take you up on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Sal. And we'll have, uh, we'll have some more guests coming up. Uh, we're going to keep going with this series for, Oh, I don't know how long, I guess until you guys stop listening, like tell <laughs> us that you don't care anymore. And then, We'll probably do one or two more, and then we'll you know what you should do. What division? <laughs> are, what division are you in? I'm in Johnny Cash. Okay, so you need to interview everybody in the Johnny Cash division. That should be the series. Oh. And then, what draft slot are you picking from? I'm in one ten. One ten, and are you in the one ten group chat on Twitter? Yes. 
Did he just throw yeah. a message out there like everyone in this group chat come on my show and talk about the band that the division you're in? They're, like I just set up <laughs> three months worth of shows for you. Oh my god, it's like 120 <laughs> just for the just for the 110. I don't want to interview anybody from the Johnny Cash division. I don't like them right now. <laughs> so. Why is that? Because they're taking all your picks. <laughs> yeah, uh, like there's they're taking like. They're all taking like three quarterbacks. Like, like what are you doing? Like that doesn't happen. Are you complaining about someone taking too many quarterbacks? <laughs> really? They're keeping Mr. QBX. <laughs> they're making it hard for me to get the all my quarterbacks. So yeah, it's annoying. I don't know. I I I get it, but damn it! Like <laughs> this would just be so much more fun if I just had, you know. Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and all, like all on the same team. Aaron Rodgers. Well, then, then you know what you need to do is you need to interview the Bon Jovi <laughs> division and ask everybody why they're not drafting quarterbacks. Oh, there you, oh, go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Like you guys are trying to leave him for Sal. He's not going to take him. Like he doesn't buy into this. He just, he does a modified quarterback extreme, which is just not quarterback extreme at all. So, Oh no, I I'm taking <laughs> the quarterback value in this draft. Yes. I have three of them through like eight picks. Oh, that a boy. Can you nice. believe that? Nice. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We need to continue this over on Superflex Super Show. We need to do a, <laughs> we need to do a full hour on fantasy football. And uh I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna cl- end this uh this episode and then I'm gonna schedule it with you because I wanna <laughs> right talk. after <laughs> yeah, let's just roll right into it. Just roll right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The intro of that episode will be the outro of this episode. Oh, that'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to do that, but... Yeah. See, this is why I'm the head of fun stuff. I come up with fun <laughs> ideas. Yeah. <laughs> for just nobody to execute for some reason. <laughs> yeah. They just... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, either way, we're going we're gonna to continue the fantasy football side of this uh, on Superflex Super Show. I'm going to continue the uh, Swags and I are going to continue the the music series here on Superflex City. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Sal, for your time. Thank you again for coming on. A uh, lot of fun, my friend. Always, always. And uh, yeah, until next time, keep dancing. <laughs>